Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. The book of Hebrews, we're currently in a Sunday school series of by faith, have faith in God. And as we go through this, we're exploring Hebrews chapter number 11, which is called the hall of faith chapter, because over and over it says by faith and then gives a name and then gives the action by faith, Abraham, by faith, Isaac, by faith, Noah, by faith, Seth, or um, <coughs> excuse me. Able. And you could see these people, and you could see that faith always produces action. And so, this is why it's so important to study this chapter that we can have our faith increased by looking at these Old Testament examples. Now, we find ourselves as we continue to progress to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, and we find our way to Hebrews, chapter number 11, and verse number 22. Hebrews, chapter number 11. And in verse number 22, it says in Hebrews 11, verse 22, By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel, and gave commandment concerning his bones. And with this, we could see in verse number 22, by faith Joseph. And with this, we want to explore the faith of Joseph. Now remember, the... Uh, the last three um, messages, including this one, all dealt with people at the end of their life. Remember, it's easy to start something. It's hard to finish right. And so the Bible here is placing emphasis at the end of three men's life to see at the end of the life, they're finishing strong. At the end of the life, they're still keeping their eyes on the Lord. At the end of the life, they're still living by faith. By faith... Um, Remember, it said, by faith, Isaac, and it talked about those things concerning the Lord. He was looking forward to God's promises. It said, by faith, Jacob, he's blessed the sons. He's at the end of his life. He's, he's there dying, and he's blessing the sons based off of the promises of God. And now, by faith, Joseph, when he died, once again, it's at the end of his life, uh, <coughs> when he died, made mentioning of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Here we could see this last uh, moments of a man who lived his life by faith. Remember, the entirety of Joseph was a life lived by faith. Remember the story of Joseph, that Joseph had grown up being a dreamer. God gave him dreams about uh, things yet to come, uh, play, things where he had a dream of his brothers f worshiping, giving him honor, uh, not worshiping, uh, giving him honor. And he told his brothers about it and they go, ah, dad's favorite, look at him. And um, that caused issues. He even had a dream where his brothers and his father and mother had also bowed to give him honor. And he told them about it and they go, don't tell us about that, that's, you know, Remember that Joseph was also dad's favorite. He gave him a special coat. He was dad's chosen one. And the other brothers resented it. You might remember the story that Joseph was sent by his dad to go find his brothers. And he went to the town where his brothers were supposed to be at. 
but they weren't there. So he found him. And as he was coming down the road, his brothers looked at him and said, oh, there's the dreamer. There's that punk kid. We got to do, we're tired of him. We got to do something about, you know, it's dangerous out here. I know, let's kill him. And so when he came in and checked on him, hey guys, what are you doing? They captured him, threw him in the pit with the idea that they were going to kill him later. His older brother Reuben originally had plans to kind of rescue the boy last minute. But the other brother said, you know what? If we kill him, we get nothing out of it. Let's sell him. At least we can get something out of him, the good-for-nothing creep. I know many brothers and sisters thought about selling their siblings. They actually did it. They sold him into slavery to some Ishmaelites. And they hauled him from his home all the way to Egypt. When he was in Egypt, he stayed with a man named Potiphar. And because he was faithful to God, God blessed Joseph and everything he touched. That Potiphar's home was blessed because God was blessing Joseph. And the whole time, even though he was sold into slavery, even though he was a slave, he was working for heathen people who didn't believe in God, he trusted in God. Even when there was no Christians around, as far as we could tell, for the most part of of Joseph's life, he never encountered another believer. Imagine that, living 40 years of your life and never running into another believer. But yet he stayed faithful to God. As he served with Potiphar, God blessed him. Potiphar's wife said, you know, this is a handsome young man. And she tried to hit on him and tried to uh, do everything she can to promote uh, infidelity. Finally, one time she had enough and she grabbed a hold of his coat. And he said, nah on. He took off his coat and took off. Well, she had been spurned one time too many. And so she screamed and said that Joseph had tried to force himself upon her. And Potiphar believed his wife rather than his trusted servant and threw him in a jail. So here's a young man who was a believer and trusted his God, but his family hated him. His brothers sold him into slavery. He served as a slave and he did nothing wrong. And he's thrown into jail still looking at God. He never got bitter. He never um, cursed God. He still remained faithful. And guess what? Because God had his hand of blessing upon Joseph. God even blessed the jail. And God had taken care of it. One day there was a baker and, a, and um, the butler who was thrown into prison. And they had a dream and Joseph told them the answer to their dream. And it happened exactly what it was. The baker was beheaded. The butler was put back into his thing, into uh, his position working for Pharaoh. But the butler forgot about Joseph. Until Pharaoh had a dream. And God had given him a warning that there was going to be a famine coming after seven years of plenty. Well, they brought Joseph up. He interpreted the dream and then said, what you need to do is God's letting you know what's going on. Save during the times of plenty. Use your uh, finances wisely. Save so when you come to the time of a famine, you have enough. And God had used Joseph's wisdom to help save Egypt and the surrounding communities, the surrounding nations. Egypt became rich because of the emphasis of Joseph. 
And yet Joseph remained faithful. Whether he was a slave, whether he was prisoner, or second command of all of Egypt, he was faithful to God, looking to God. During the time of famine, his brothers came and they bowed down and they honored him just like his dream. Later on, he got his whole, the rest of his family, his, his father and his stepmother, and they bowed down and they gave him honor. And he served God. Later on, his father died. And after his father died, his brothers were scared. If you don't mind, the, next, uh, the first thing I'd like to show you in this story at the end of Joseph's life was dying in a strange land. We're coming back to the book of Hebrews in just a second. But turn back to me to the historical part of the book of Genesis chapter number 50. Genesis chapter number 50. In Genesis chapter 50... Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 50. We see here dying in a strange land. Dying in a strange land. Joseph's father died. And his brothers were scared that Joseph was finally going to put revenge on them. For them selling him into slavery. Verse number 15. Uh, Genesis 50 verse 15. And when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brothers and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Why did Joseph speak? Because they did, or weep. Because jo, Joseph's brothers did not understand his heart. He had forgiven them a long time ago. That's why he didn't have bitterness. Because he had forgiven it. He set it aside. Bitterness did not weigh him down. Bitterness did not turn under, uh, uh, turn and and ruin his life. Bitterness is a slow working poison that destroys his own container. They didn't understand his heart. He had already forgiven them. He already set him aside. Uh, already put it so that situation no longer bothered him. But yet they're worried because they're still feeling guilty. And they write a note and they probably lied. Said, Dad said before he died, you got to forgive us. Please don't kill us. Please don't kill us. And Joseph wept. Why are they still bringing this up? Why is it still a big deal? Verse 18, And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good, to bring it to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. The book of Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 is the Romans 8.28 of the Old Testament. What is Romans 8.28? It says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are thee called according to his purpose. God says all things work together for good. God had a plan for it all. And he meant it for good back here. We know that not all things are good, but they all work together for good. For example, let's say that one of my kids came to me and said, Dad, I'm hungry. Oh, no problem. I'll take care of that. Here's a bag of flour. Would that be good to eat? What if they said, Dad, 
I'm really hungry. Can you help me out? And I get them a whole vat of Crisco. Here you go. Just get a good scoop. No? What if they said, Dad, let me tell you, I am really hungry. How about this? How about a nice cup of buttermilk? I mean, you just drink that and your teeth shatter. How about that? No? Well, how about we mix them together and make buttermilk biscuits? Will that work? Yeah. Well, you see, not all things are good, but they work together for good. Joseph was sold into slavery. Was that good? No, but God had a plan. He was, knew how to work it together for good. He had someone, lady, lie to him and say that he tried to force himself upon her. Was that good? No. He's put into prison. Was that good? No. But God worked things for good, together for good. God had a plan. But as for ye, you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it to good. God meant it to good to bring it to pass. God had a plan. He knew exactly what to do to bring it to the place. And because Joseph was in that place, not only was Egypt saved, but Joseph's family was saved from the famine. God had put Joseph there at the right time, at the right place, because God knew what he was doing. God is able to use our human mistakes and still get accomplished his will. He's that good of a God, that big of a God. He's an amazing God. And so this is why Joseph didn't have any bitterness because he was able to look past the circumstances and look at the God of the circumstances. If you look at the circumstances, of course, you're going to get bitter. You look at it and that's all you see. We have to look past it and see that there's a God who knows what he's doing. A God who knows how to put the pieces together to put us in the right spot. And it may not everything be good, but we can look towards God and say, God knows what he's doing. Joseph was able to trust God. Even at the end of his life, he's still looking towards God. Have you ever noticed that old people either become one or two ways? They either become really sweet or they become sour. There's no in-between. I meant you have some lady who's the sweetest. Let me bake you some cookies. Oh, and those are the great people. But then you got the guy, get off my lawn. Get out of my... And, and just, you know, we've all seen those people. You don't believe me? Go to a retirement home next time they open up and you go. I mean, because they're either sweet or they're really sour. There's no in-between. What's the difference? Bitterness. Can they... Look past the circumstances and trust God? Can they let things go or do they hold it on? My family never visits me. They hate me. We all know people like that. Everything ruined in my life. Well, Joseph, at the end of his life, was still looking towards God. Was still able to trust God. Here he's dying in a strange land. You know, the last thing you and I have the privilege of doing for the Lord is to finish right. Is to die right. To die looking to God by faith. That's the last thing we have the privilege of doing for God here on this earth. Is to finish right. To live by faith even towards the end. And Joseph's finishing right. He's living his life by faith. And at the end of his life, he's still looking to God by faith. He's dying in a strange land. Uh, hold your finger here. 
And uh, turn with me, if you don't mind, back to Hebrews. And let's see the rest of this verse in Hebrews chapter number 11. We sell, first of all, dying in a strange land. The second thing is departing from Egypt. Departing from Egypt. Notice with me in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. It says, Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 22. Um, By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. So what's happening back in Genesis? uh, In verse number 25, Genesis 50 verse 25. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, say, God will surely visit you and ye shall carry my bones from hence. What's happening? Well, Joseph understood the Bible. God had told Abraham all the way back in Genesis chapter 15 that Abraham, I'm going to give you this land. But guess what? It's Your people are going to be put in a strange land for 400 years. That's a long time. And at the end of the 400 years, I'm going to give you this land. Well, Joseph, when he died, he knew, according to my calendar, we still got 200 more years to go. That's a long time. He's trusting God for a promise that still has 200 years. And so in order to have teach his folks faith in God and himself, he says, guess what? God had promised a land and I want my bones to be in that land. So when I die, I want you to keep my bones. Don't bury me here. You keep my bones. And then I want you to bury them, uh, to put them in the promised land. He's doing this by faith. He says God's going to keep his word. God's a faithful God. I know it's 200 years away, but God's going to keep his word. And I want you to bury my bones when, in that promised land when God puts me there. This is a great message that he has. You know, we have to be familiar with God's promises. There's a song in our hymn book that says, Standing on the promises of God. Well, praise the Lord. But may I also add that you can't stand on promises if you don't know what they are? If you don't know what God's promises are, how can you claim them? If you don't know what the Bible says, how can you trust it? You need to know what the Bible has to say for yourself. Joseph understood the promise that God had made to Abraham. He understood God's calendar. God said 400 years. Did he believe God? Yes. So guess what? In 200 more years, it's how much we have left. We're going back to the promised land. Carry my bones with me. I'm trusting in God's promises. This uh, departing from Egypt. I'm going to go with you. You take me with you. Which brings us to the last thing. Depositing his bones. Depositing his bones. He knew he was going to die. And his bones would serve as a mighty witness. So think about this. There's 200 years left to go. So he died. And someone was placed in charge of keeping his bones. They had to not only keep his bones. But they also had to carry it to the next generation. Here is a message of God's promises. I'm giving it to you now. You must keep this. You must keep this message of God's promises. You also have to not only keep it and understand what they are, but you have the responsibility to teach someone else about these promises. You know, we have the same thing here. We have God's promises here. 
And each of us have to know what the promises are. And then being able to give it to the next generation to carry those promises and keep going forward and teach them that they have to teach the next generation to keep going on. What would happen if someone who was in charge of keeping Joseph's bones didn't consider it a big deal and put those uh, bones in the closet somewhere? Then someone decided to clean out their closet and what in the world is this? Oh, well, they'll just toss it out. Wouldn't that be horrible? Someone wasn't taught the importance of these bones and they tossed it out because they didn't know what it was and just cleaning out the closet? That would have been horrible, wouldn't it? But no, someone had to be taught. These are the promises that we're looking forward to. Here is the evidence of the promises that we have. And you are responsible for not only knowing them yourself and why we're keeping it, but you have to teach the next generation and then teach that next generation to put another generation. Well, sure enough, when Moses left Egypt and brought the children of Israel out, guess what? They brought the bones. And all the 40 years of traveling in the wilderness, guess what? They carried Joseph's bones with them. And finally, in Joshua's day, it ends up in the last part of the book of Joshua, they buried Joseph's bones. They had this message. His bones were a message. Why? Because Joseph was looking forward to the promises of God. He knew that God was faithful. He knew God was going to carry out his word. And he wanted to be a part of it and use his bones as a way to teach a message to those around it. We need to be taking this and delivering the word to the next generation. It only takes one generation for us to stop teaching for it all to go away. That's how important it is. We have to know it for ourselves, and then teach the next generation and teach the next generation to teach the next generation. It has to keep going on. I heard once of a, of a religion. It only has like a few people in it. And the religion, only one person knows everything about that religion. And he's old. And right before that guy dies, he takes the person he's been training and finally imparts all the knowledge of that religion to him. And then when that guy's old and ready to die, he finally imparts it. What happens if one of them have a heart attack and die early? The whole thing is wiped out. That's how dangerous it is. We need to be actively teaching people what the word of God says. We need to actively be teaching them about God's promises so that way they know it for themselves. So it continues on. We need to be passing the baton to the next generation with the expectation they're going to run the race and pass that baton to the next one. Joseph's bones is such an important message and it is a message by faith that Joseph, he died in a strange land. He finished strong. He de the departing from Egypt, he understood God's promises. And the depositing his bones, he wanted his bones to be the message as a reminder. God is going to carry out his promise. And you need to take, teach that principle to the next generation until finally all is fulfilled. What we see through it all is that there's a God who is faithful. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time 
to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 920- 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you. Thank you.